All right, it looks like we have Ben, Leon, Igor all set up. Can you guys just confirm you're, uh, you're good on speaker? Yeah, all good. Yeah, all good from my side. All good for me. That's, that'd be Ben. And all good for me. Perfect. That's Leon. All right, excellent. So we're at uh, top of the hour here, so I thought we could kind of start things off just just with a high level for some of the listeners who may not be familiar I want to just break down the the relationship between Zebedee and Viker can we just give a high level uh for for listeners how the two companies work together cool so I so I chime in on that one sure cool, cool. so uh Viker we're a, a a play and a mobile game studio headquartered in London, but a team of 15 scattered around the world. Um, we build casual games that plugs into the celebrity payment rail, which means that we can uh, play, uh, we can create games for our, our, our community to play and earn Bitcoin. And we use uh, Zebedee's tech for that. Excellent. So this, this conversation is going to be a little bit different than some of the past Twitter spaces that uh, Zebedee has put on, this one's going to revolve a little more around community and community feedback. And I know for both Zebedee and Viker, this is very important and you guys both have very strong communities. I think maybe we can start and just kind of go around the table here and uh, start with what does it mean to you guys to have a community? Why is that important? And, and what does their feedback mean, you know, as a company, when you start thinking about designing products? Uh, how important is the the feedback of the community? Uh, ben, I'll be happy to dive in there quickly. Please do. Um, yeah, so that's a really good question. I think um, we've realised, um, especially over the last few months, um, in particular, how integral our community are. And it's not just feedback in terms of the games and their behaviours and traits. It's also just... I guess remembering why we started in the first place, um, I think we can all agree Web3 is a very fast-paced industry where everyone's trying to kind of race ahead in terms of innovation and new releases. But I think we've really tried to balance over the last couple of weeks, I would say in particular, is to the community comes first. And if we make sure that we consistently keep that relationship the way we want, then we can build around that um, as opposed to building without the community. So... I think for us, it's really important to make sure that the games we're building and the other, I guess, initiatives that we're kind of releasing are built for the purpose of the community to make the whole experience as enjoyable and as seamless as possible. And obviously, Zebedee have a big focus on the community as well. So that goes hand in hand with them. Yeah. Igor, I'll let you chime in. Uh, just so I want to make sure listeners know that at, at, throughout this conversation, we're going to be asking you guys to come up with questions. If you have anything, uh, feel free to chime in on Twitter spaces. There's some community questions that have already been sent in through discord, but eager, I'll let you go ahead and, uh, you know, chat about the importance of community at Zebedee. Thanks, Kevin. Um, yeah. And to kind of also add on the, on the previous question as well, with regards to the relationship. Um, so Zebedee is indeed, um, payment rail that, enables Viker to reward the users with Bitcoin. Um, and as Leon said, it's 
it's amazing um, to see how excited users are in our community um, and how passionate they are. And that the fact that we're actually having this talk to start with, that people are willing to join and, and listen and care to listen to what we have to say um, is amazing already. Um, this is the first company that I work in where community is actually on the forefront. Um, and I'm just amazed to see like how much helpful feedback we can collect for community and um, how it shapes the product as well. Um, I've been in a, in sort of mobile ad tech space for the longest time. And I saw how that evolved as well uh, with time and that more and more companies started to listen to their users as well and kind of shape um, their products um, and their focus based on user feedback. Because at the end of the day, it's not just numbers, it's actual users that play the games and listening to them is very, very important to, um, you know, to actually deliver what people want to see. Right. Now, you know, I agree this, the importance of community, there, it's a very important topic and it's something that can help guide product decisions. I want to make sure the community feels that same way too. And so I'd love for you guys both to just highlight, you know, are there any tangible moments or product decisions or, or things that have, have happened in the, in the course of the last, let's say, last year or so at either Zebedee and Viker where the community did step in and, and kind of guide you to the right decision? would love for you guys to highlight, you know, we can start, we can start with uh, whoever wants to take this, but, um, you know, highlighting any tangible points where, you know, the community really did help out and there was a, a noticeable catalyst or change or shift because of their input. Um, <clears throat> yeah, go on. No, I'll let you go first, Ben. <laughs> no, 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 okay. Um, <clears throat> there's been quite a few for us, really. I mean, from product-based decisions to game-based decisions. Uh, we asked our community what game they'd like to see next when we, um, when we, uh, and we ended up building Bitcoin Chess, um, and that was based off feedback from um, the community. We've listened to them around um, when they get paid, how they get paid, uh, different mechanics um, on, on being able to receive SATs um, and also security features as well. So I think there's, there's not a day go past where we don't get a piece of user feedback that we take back into the you know the dev and product cycles. Don't Leon, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I think uh, I mean you've covered it a lot already, but I think certainly you know we want to offer a very versatile portfolio, and I think that's something that's missing in the space is uh, a classic saying that Ben says, which is we have a game for everyone. And I think the feedback from the community towards the end of last year was certainly that. You know, there were a couple of games where there were a few additions that we could have made when we were actually launching new games because we wanted to just make sure we had pretty much everything and, you know, everything. So I think we've taken that feedback on board. So for us, it's a case of, yes, we'll launch new games. But if there's things that we can do to enhance our current ecosystem, then we will do that as well. And and from our side, we work with, numerous developers and Viker has been our prominent first developer and they did amazing job at um, innovating in this space and starting with just one game and, and now they have 10 or more. Um, and it's, it's very, very impressive to see how they grew. Um, within our community, we've 
we've actually even asked users to provide indeed feedback for Viker Games or any other developers where um, they came up with suggestions on how UX or UI can be, how user interface can be improved, um, how rewards can be presented in different games. And uh, game developers took that feedback on board and um, and sort of made changes on their side. Um, and that comes hand in hand with, with our changes in our app as well, that we've, we've made changes to accommodate um, to community feedback as well. So 100%, Kevin, yeah, this is like absolutely crucial for us. And uh, we're definitely listening very closely. Love it. Now, before we jump into the next question, I want to highlight some uh, community questions from the uh, Viper Discord. Um, we had a, a number of questions. I want to just touch on one right now. And again, anyone who's listening, uh, feel free to chime in at any time. If you have questions of your own in the Twitter spaces, we can just add to it as a speaker. Uh, but we're going to start with maybe a question from Rick Delnoy. And Rick is asking how you originally reached new members and, and became popular. How did you get distribution for for Viker, how how do you kind of like establish yourself? Uh, <clears throat> um, well, you know, we're, we're four years old Boy. and built around a hundred games. So, you know, over time we've built, we've had around twenty million downloads. So, you know, when we launch a game, we've got you know cross promotional tools to be able to grow up, grow those particular games. And these days, UA is becoming ever increasingly harder. So you just got to be a bit, bit more, a bit smarter, and use use the community, and you know, do a good job because ultimately, the community become your biggest acquisition tool. Um, but you know, to try and to try and distill that a bit, um, we're four years old, and we're you know, we were, <clears throat> we were, we built some of the first sort of like let's call it, ad uh, ad mechanic game. Um, so we were at one point getting a hundred thousand downloads a day. Um, so we've been able to use that as a catalyst to grow. It's much harder now um, as sort of platforms, Apple, Google, are making it ever increasingly difficult to UA any game. And that's when you see these new game developers come out and raise 40 to $50 million sort of seed round just to be able to grow a game. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult, but community is key and, you know, and timing is key as well. Any advice for uh, for a new game developer, someone who doesn't have that distribution today and is trying to carve a niche? Uh, what, what would you be doing today, given the shifting environment um, for game developers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, game selection is very key. I mean, you, you know, if you if you build a game that you want to build, you might actually miss a great opportunity. I mean, doing a lot of research and insight. Um, and looking at the genres, looking at where there's growth, where, where there's potential sweet spots that you can target. Going after something like a match three game, you're going to go against the biggest game developer in the world. Um, and your UA is going to cost you upwards of $20 to get an install. But if you look at certain other genres, um, they're, they're a smaller audience, but easier, easier, easier to approach in community groups in Reddit and bits and pieces. So, for example, card battle games, that's a good, good genre to be able to grow at the moment. Makes sense. Um, one other question kind of related to the topic of, you know, creating classic games. Uh, this comes in from a Discord user named Waffle. 
and they say, does Viker plan on creating an original game? Nothing wrong with reinventing the old classics, um, but they're, they're wanting to understand what the, what the roadmap of Viker is and if original games are going to play a bigger role. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it's like he's reading one of them or they're reading one of our uh, strategy decks. Um, so we feel that we've covered most bases now in classics. So we've got Solitaire, Sudoku, Chess, we've got puzzle games, we've got trivia games, we've got some sort of lightweight, casual, uh, sort of hyper-casual games. So our, our next round of games are a lot deeper and a lot more targeted towards the, the I'll call it the crypto crowd, we hope. Um, so we've got some peer-to-peer PTP um, uh, games where you can play against each other and win Bitcoin or earn Bitcoin off each other. Um, and that's kind of like a raid game. Um, <clears throat> location-based, I hope. Uh, we're also looking at card battle games where we can use some IP to, um, you know, build decks and each other for, for Bitcoin. Um, so we are looking and we are building and we are creating sort of original games or more original games outside of that sort of classic game for everyone. Very cool. Um, I want to go through a couple more of these questions here. Uh, this one comes in from Quick Hacker. It says, what was one of the biggest hurdles you faced in creating a Bitcoin earning game? And, and this, this question, I guess, we can apply this. Like, what, what are some of the biggest hurdles you guys are both facing? This is on both Zebedee's side and on uh, Viker's side. Uh, let's go with Zebedee first. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. <laughs> um, hurdles around game design is trying to get the balance between an enjoyable game and a game that reward you. Um, it would be easy just to build a game and just reward people sort of as and when with sats and, and Bitcoin, but there has to be a balance of challenge and entertainment and also getting the business model correct. Um, there's games out there that don't really look at the business model. They're happy just to spend sats on there because they've got enough capital to be able to just push push rewards out. Um, so a big hurdle for us is always getting that that balance right between design and, and economics. Um, and also building a game that retains and people play for long enough for, for you to be able to build um, features into it. So for example, Solitaire, we've got we've got engagement of 60, 60 minutes plus gameplay a day. Um, which is incredible, which allows us to sort of really look at the data and build new features into that game. Love it. Igor, are you back on? Uh, anything on Zebedee's side? Uh, any of the biggest hurdles you guys have faced as a company? Yeah, I dropped off at like the most crucial moment having some technical issues. Sorry about that. Um, biggest hurdles? Um, I would say, indeed, um, sizable audiences and um, attracting um, users and having users to be open-minded and engaged with um, with play and earn uh, mechanic. I think there's quite a bit of um, education to do in that front and not in like a bad way to, you know, force some sort of um, ideology or something like that, but to actually just make it a little bit more accessible to people and more clear that it is very, very simple to engage with it and um, for people to just 
come play, enjoy their their favorite games, their favorite classics like Solitaire's, um, where you can now play the game, enjoy the game, but also on top of that, earn money. And and obviously, like no one says that you know it will pay your bills, but it is just a little bit that extra couple cents a day um, that will let you enjoy the game and just acquire something a bit a bit on top of that. So I think it's just going past that line where you know we we need to just make sure user users understand there's nothing is really required from their side apart from enjoying the game and collecting the money. Nice. Now I want to touch on security because I know what, as soon as you inject money into something, something, and this is true with games or or anything else, it it attracts a lot of people who who want to kind of like hack the system or, or game the system, I guess. Um, and I'd love to learn more about how you guys are handling security, uh, both on Viker's side and Zebedee's side. And just like, what are some of the challenges you guys face? And, and does that change at all the, the experience a user might have today? Um, well, you're absolutely right. We are, we are almost continually battling potential security issues. Uh, where it be IP address, whether it be people cloning accounts and all sorts. Um, so we, we've built our own tools, which sort of integrate into Zebedee's tools, which we hope looking at our distribution of SATs now has sort of squashed uh, the hackers, if you like. Um, so we've also tested a lot in our community, like minimum payouts, maximum payouts, um, making sure people play the game enough Um and just looking at triggers of player behavior to make sure they're real people. Um, I mean, <clears throat> as, an ex- as an example, we had someone who came in and cloned their username about 100 times and played the game for one second and, one sec- and, and one sec- withdrew 1,000 sats for each time. Um, and that's the kind of battles we're against. But, you know, over working with Zebedee's team, we've managed to got, have a very secure um, set of features now. Um, and obviously listening to the community when there's issues, reporting them back into product and the dev teams and trying to resolve those. Um, so yeah, minimum payouts, maximum payouts, um, looking at IP addresses and, you know, watching the data again and understanding that what insights can we bring from all the data we see to build a, a more secure platform? I think, I think it's, this is a great question. Um, I think, Security is probably one of the first topics that we we touch on when we um, talk to the developers, um, and I think I think one one like most important thing that a lot of people don't like fully comprehend until we mention it is that fraud prevention and like security measures is not like an on and off switch. It's a it's a throttle. You have a lot of different signals um, for. You know, a lot of different devices, like Ben mentioned, IP addresses and, and in-game activity and stuff like that. And the the idea is to look at those signals and um, figure out which of those users is a real user and which is a bot or a fraudulent user or something like that. And then use those signals and filters to um, prevent anyone hacking your game and, you know, withdrawing, as Ben mentioned, like a thousand sats in a few seconds. Um, And sometimes that causes real users to fall under those um, filters and 
you know, be blocked or, or whatever, because simply it's impossible to know for sure if something is a malicious activity or not. So it's a constant balancing act between, you know, whether you want a more secure game or whether you want to um, risk less to have real users fall under the, um, those categories. This is also why we're working on, uh, on our own fraud prevention tools, ABD Shield. We'll have a lot of different controls for developers to use um, where they can throttle down and up on like what, what they want to let through um, to withdraw, which will give us quite a bit of flexibility um, and hopefully minimize that sort of overlap between fraudulent users and, and real users. Right, so you guys can then pass along this tool and now any developer on the Zebedee platform can now integrate this Shield product. Is that, is that the idea? Yes, correct, exactly. Love it. All right, uh, I want to get to another community question here. Uh, we have Magnetar from Discord says, where does the Bitcoin you give away come from? This one's for Riker. Uh, so <clears throat> we purchased that Bitcoin. Um, and then we put it into our main wallets. We then distribute it into the game wallets, and then the game, the the uh, the, the players withdraw from that Bitcoin. Uh, we we fund that uh, that purchase of Bitcoin with advertising revenue, subscription revenue, IAP revenue, and investment revenue. So we actually earn we earn it ourselves from advertising. Then we we pass on um, we pass it on to the players. Nice. Okay, I want to touch on Viker's solitaire game. And uh, I want to just hear from you guys. Tell me about, about how well it's been doing, uh, some of the social challenges and giveaways that are happening around the game as well. Go on, Leon, you can take this one. Do the promotion. Yeah, I thought, I thought you'd want to, I thought you'd want to break. Um, yeah, Sol solitaire has been, uh, you know, a standout for us over the last few months. I think, I must admit, when I first joined this company as uh, someone who's not an avid gamer, I remember downloading Solitaire and I remember being quite obsessed with it that evening um, until my partner told me to get off my phone. But it became quite addictive and I really understood, I guess, why the community were really enjoying it when we first launched it. And I think there's two parts to Solitaire. One is we've made it and it's been built where it's not, that easy and I think there's almost like this inner frustration sometimes when you don't complete it but then I think on the second point is that we've done several competitions that have been about fastest time and I think when we talk about community we want a community that you know can have a bit of banter amongst each other and compete in terms of who's the best and who's the quickest and I think solitaire just ticks all those boxes and becomes a very engaging game um Obviously, we're doing some really good work with the support of Zebedee um, at the moment across Solitaire, and the feedback's been superb. So, you know, it's it's something that we think is going to be particularly popular within the community. But I think we can replicate the same sort of thing in something like something like Bitcoin Chess as well. So, I think the I guess framework in terms of promotional activity that we've done on Solitaire can definitely be applied to some of our other games that everyone is familiar with. Yeah. Have you noticed any changes in engagement when introducing things like competitive dynamics to solitaire? Like I'm thinking about 
you know, someone individually playing on their phone and then, you know, you guys announcing a competition saying, you know, hey, let's see, let's see who can get the best score. Uh, is Does that change at all the relationship that someone has with the game? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, we, we always acknowledge that our user base have, you know, different personalities and different behavior traits. You'll have some people who are extremely competitive. Um, we have one account in particular that seems to be very, very good um, every competition that we do. And he's someone that's um, highly regarded in the Zebdi community as well. And we've got people like that, but we've got some people who we can imagine, you know, they just play the game, whether it's on their commute to work or in front of the TV in the evening, and they're not actually too concerned about the competitive aspect for them. It's about, you know, earning sats and playing a enjoyable game that they probably play, even if sats weren't part of it. Right. So we know we've got those two, but in terms of your, your question about how it impacts the community, I think we see a lot of buzz. We see a lot of hype. So, you know, when it comes to bringing in new people into the community, I think it's a, a very good way of, getting people into that competitive aspect because I think a lot of gamers are um, and I think Zebedee would agree there's a lot of competitive people in their community and that's you know a really good thing to have for sure um, I want to jump back into another discord question and this is from Freezy and Freezy is asking how this Zebedee and Viker partnership can continue to build more community-based events to boost engagement do you guys have any any plans, any further plans to work together to kind of drum up more engagement in your respective communities? Go on, Ben. That's one. You can take that. Go on, Eagle. That's one for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I think I think this this merges um, quite nicely from what Leon said uh, about uh, competitive spirit, and I think it's it is quite important to to kind of fuel that. Um, in in my opinion, having SAT as part of like a competitive place um, is quite a good fit. Um, casual gameplay and, you know, as you play, relax and earn as you go, as, as what Leon was saying in in, um, in Solitaire or something like that. Like I, I do remember from my personal experience when I was working in that, VHS rental place when I was a kid I was playing solitaire on a computer because it was super super quiet and if to imagine at that time that I could earn you know sats as I'm as I'm playing along that would be that would be crazy um and on top of that adding the competitive spirit to it having you know users compete against each other maybe that's RPG game maybe that's something that Viker's working on in the future as well you know more in-depth games um, hardcore genres where you can indeed go in the raid together, um, go against a massive boss, and the entire raid party gets like a massive sats price or something like that. Like that's kind of like what what I how I envision this and how I want this to develop and community and challenges and quests uh, within those communities is a massive massive part of it. Um, without it, there, no one would be sort of organizing and you know, playing together um, to achieve that. Makes sense. Anything you guys want to add on the Viker side? Go, Leon. Sorry, I, yeah, I, I, I literally dropped off for a second. <laughs> I wanted to, like, finish off with Viker specifically. Like, a lot of the quests that we've been running with them showed 
like quite quite good success and I think we'll be doing that uh, moving forward as well um, purely because it engages users within our community uh, constantly bringing something new something to do keeps things fresh um, is I think is very very important because because it's like the last thing we want to do is just to make everything stale yeah and I it's, that's a really good point I think just to add to that we highlighted um a couple of weeks ago that we've got some really strong games that we kind of did a soft launch with. Um, we always do, or we have done soft launches just to make sure that we can um, test the user behavior and make sure that from a QA point of view, everything is solid and that, you know, we're not necessarily um, front running it in terms of competitions until we know that everything is working to a hundred percent perfection. So I think we've got games that we've done that soft launch with that are actually really good and could be really popular. And we will kind of, I guess, push them out in what we'd consider more like a phase two, where it's a bit more of an aggressive launch. We get the community involved. We work closely with Zebedee. Um, you know, the game that comes to mind is something like Sudoku, which is a really good game. People are familiar with it. People can earn sats, but we haven't necessarily you know, utilize that fully with the community. So expect a lot of um, hype on games like that over the coming weeks and months. Nice. I want to finish off with another question from Discord. And this is coming from Elisa. And Elisa says, has anyone gotten at least 100 sats in new Viker games? And maybe as an extension to this, what about 1,000 sats or 10,000? Or, you know, how, how much can someone earn playing a Viker game? Um. The simple answer is the more you play, the more you earn. Um, and <clears throat> we've got people who are doing a few thousand sats a day. Um, actually, Dan's Dan's wife has got something like around 8,000 sats in her wallet that she hasn't cashed out yet. Um, so there's some really, really big whales, I could call them whales, but really good engaged players who are or who are playing the games. And they're not just playing one game, they're playing multiple games a day. Um, and they're choosing their sort of like, points to play i don't know solitaire on the train to work they're playing balls king over a coffee um they're playing another game uh, uh, join you know join the day um so absolutely and when we look at our wallet um withdrawals uh we see up to two thousand sats um we've taken the minimum off now so people some people seem to test it and withdraw five to twenty sats and then they bank and then Build, uh, then withdraw a larger amount at a, a different time. So absolutely, there, there are many, many, many players earning over 100, over 500, over 1,000 sats um, in the course of, of gameplay. Love to hear it. All right. Is there any anyone else listening in? Uh, if there's any other community questions, now would be the time to bring those up. I would say, why people are thinking that, I see Bearhog Games listening. And they've got one of the most beautiful games I've seen for years. And I saw it about three years ago. So if you want a beautiful game to play, go and play their game. It really is good. Love it. And uh, crazy crazy about Leicester. I'm hoping that's a football team and not the city. <laughs> Leon, you, All right. Leon, you're a footballer. Are Leicester any good? They're, they're recovering. They had a dodgy start, but they've recovered. Um, I think they'll do well the rest of the season. Nice. All right. Well, it doesn't look like we have any additional questions from the audience. 
So thank you both for taking the time. Uh, and I'm excited to follow along and see the next games and, and the infrastructure Zebedee's building. I, I'm excited for, for what both of you guys are doing in 2023. Cool. Well, th- thanks for hosting. It's been, it's been fun. Uh, yeah. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks this was again. a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Talk to you guys later. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Seventeen.